Today is February 9th, 2023. This is Everyone Has an Opinion. My name is Juan, and we are back at it with some boxing talk. While most of the United States will be focused on the Super Bowl this weekend, my eyes are all on Showtime Boxing. We have a great matchup for you. We have Oshaki Foster against Ray Vargas battling it out at 130 pounds. This should be a fun one, but before I get into this weekend's action, I want to look back. A little over, about two weeks ago now, um, Anthony Yard challenged Arthur Beterbiev. That was an excellent fight. Beterbiev proved to just be too much getting the stoppage later in the fight. But Anthony Yard really impressed. I thought he had an outside shot going into this fight. And he proved he did. He won some rounds. He had some success. He had Beterbiev hurt in a couple times. But Beterbiev's patience and his composure and his recovering ability this guy looked stunned and then like five seconds later he was back throwing bombs this dude's a machine it's gonna be tough to beat him um anthony yard definitely exposed a few things but you have to have the will the power um the stamina you have to have a lot of things to keep up with Peterbia. yard that big muscle frame that he that he carries around it proved to be a little bit of a detriment. He isn't a 12-round fighter. He's only gone the distance, I believe, one other time. He's usually a guy that wants to get the knockout or he's going to get beat himself. He's going to get stopped. That's what happened here. Peterbiev doesn't get tired. Everything he throws hurts. He may look slow, but the timing he has on everything, if he doesn't time you early, he's going to eventually get your timing down. That's what makes him so dangerous. So I think... While I do favor uh, Dimitri Bivol in an eventual matchup between the two of them, it's not going to be easy for him either. While Bivol has speed and, and distance and footwork, Beterbiev's motor is non-stop. I can't wait to see that fight. Hopefully these guys figure it out, make it happen. I know Bivol is um, looking to fight Canelo in a rematch. I understand it's huge money. But if you can do both of them, make it happen. Canelo is going to have a tune-up in May. The eventual rematch wouldn't happen until potentially September, considering Canelo's history of fighting in May and September. If Bevel can get a Beterbia fight in before September, I think he has to do it. Become undisputed in two different divisions. That would be legacy-defining. That would be an all-time type conversation we'd have to have if Dimitri Bivol could pull that off. That has remained to be seen. We'll see what he, where he goes next. Is he going to fight better, BF? I don't know. I hope it happens. One of the best fights you can possibly make in the sport. But moving on to last weekend. Last weekend, we had some under-the-radar type fights that turned out to be excellent when they took place. That's why... We watched the fights last weekend, Friday, Emmanuel Navarrete against Liam Wilson, a replacement fighter. This was supposed to be Navarrete versus Oscar Valdez. Navarrete just moved up to 130. 
Navarrete is known for his awkward angles, known for his volume, known for his pressure, known for his power. He moved up, fought this guy, Liam Wilson, who nobody ever heard of. This dude, Liam Wilson, came to fight. It was an excellent, excellent fight. Liam Wilson drops Navarrete. Of course, there was a little controversy here when Navarrete was given an extended period of time to recover, something that we've seen far too often, especially in the last couple of years. We saw it in the Fury fight. We saw it in a Wilder-Ortiz fight. We've saw it plenty of times. It's getting a little ridiculous. This was another example of that. Anyway, the fight turned out to be fun. Liam Wilson did great early on, faded late because Navarrete's pressure was just non-stop. Kind of like I mentioned, Beterbiev, this guy with more volume than Beterbiev, not as much power, um, fighting at 130 pounds, obviously, but this dude packs a punch. This dude eventually broke Liam Wilson down. That's what Navarrete does to his opponents. He has competitive fights. It may look like he's exposed or he's losing, but he eventually breaks you down. There hasn't been a guy that has figured him out from round one to round 12 yet. We'll see where he goes from here. Liam Wilson definitely um, earned himself another opportunity to get on television. Great performance by him in a loss. Speaking of great performances in a loss, um, Alicia Bumgarner and her opponent, Mikhailid, excuse me if I'm pronouncing the name wrong. I hadn't heard of her either. I know she was a champion. I'm not big on women's boxing. I'm just starting to really get involved. Alicia Bumgarner, Amanda Serrano, uh, Katie Taylor, um, of course, Clarissa Shields. These women are really elevating the entire sport, but especially the women's division. We haven't been paying attention to women in the history of boxing. Now they're putting on great fights. This girl, McCollid, or woman, I should say, McCollid, showed up not just to give her title over to Bumgarner. She had extremely competitive rounds with Bumgarner, a very fun fight, one that Bumgarner clearly won, but it was entertaining, and there were a lot of back-and-forth moments in this fight. Check it out if you haven't, but if you check that out, you have to check out the main event, which was Amanda Serrano also fighting for an Undisputed Championship against Erica Cruz. This woman, Erica Cruz, another one, exceptional uh, performance in a loss. Granted, you don't want to, you don't call it exceptional when someone loses, but this woman gave it her all. Her and, her and Amanda Serrano were bloodied. This was a war, back and forth destruction of each other. Amanda Serrano, they say she may be slipping a little bit. Katie Taylor herself looks like she may be slipping a little bit. When Serrano and Katie Taylor meet in a rematch, it has the potential to live up to the first one. That's the type of fighting that's going to put women's boxing on the map. If it isn't already on the map, it's going to be when we continue to get these fights. Bumgarner, Michaela Mayer, they could potentially have a rematch. Serrano and Taylor, we're getting the rematch, May 20th. And Bumgarner has gone on record to say she wants the winner of that fight. So there's plenty of matchups going around in women's boxing. I'm proud to be covering it in any such way. Obviously, I'm not an uh, official member of the media, but this podcast here is if I can get one or two people to go and check out some of these fights that normally wouldn't, I've done my job. That's all I really came here to do was spread awareness of the sport of boxing. And this card right here, Bumgarner and Serrano, they both showed out. Go check it out. It's on DAZN. Two fantastic fights, especially that main event. 
like I said, an absolute bloodbath war between Amanda Serrano and, and Erica Cruz. So boxing is on a roll. We've getting these fun, fun fights week after week after week. And hopefully it continues with this card on Showtime. Also, before I forget to mention it, on that Bumgarner and Serrano card, you also had Richardson Hitchens, a great 140-pound pro uh, prospect. Really looked good. Really looked excellent. If you have time to check out that entire card, start with the Hitchens fight. Um, not really too competitive of a fight, but just a guy who's a prospect really showing his maturation in the sport, showing he can do a ton of different things. If you're looking for a blue-chip prospect at 140 pounds, look no further than Richardson Hitchens. This guy has the goods. But again, that main event is what you really need to see. But this Saturday on Showtime, we have a fun one. Oshaki Foster versus Ray Vargas. Ray Vargas unbeaten. He is 36-0. He's coming off a really impressive victory over Mark Maxeo, which was a back-and-forth battle. Um, he was hurt early in that fight, eventually pulled away later in the fight. Maxeo was the champion at the time. So Ray Vargas is already a three-weight world champion. He is trying to become a fourth division world champion. He's moving up to 130 pounds. This is his first fight at that weight, and he's jumping in with a top five guy like Oshaki Foster. Oshaki Foster, very interesting fighter here. This guy, 19-2. and two. What's very interesting is his two losses came well over five years ago. It was early in his career. He had two losses, and then he actually went to jail. He gets locked up. When he's in jail, um, the story goes something like he was seeing or looking at Terrence Crawford footage, and that really inspired him to fully dedicate to his craft. When he got out, he became a different fighter, evolving his style into a chameleon type where he can do anything. He could fight you off his back foot defensively, um, although he doesn't have the greatest defense in the sport or anything like that, he can do that. He can fight with his jab. He can fight southpaw. He can fight right-handed. It seems like he really took that Terrence Crawford film to heart and kind of honed his style after Terrence Crawford. When you talk about stylistic fighters, I know we have issues with Terrence Crawford personally and, and some of his decisions he makes, but as far as his style you could argue it's the best in the entire sport. That's why a lot of people look at Terrence Crawford and call him number one pound for pound. It's because of his his ability to do so many different things. Oshaki Foster is kind of becoming that on a lower level, but he's, he's really covering all his bases around the board. He can evolve. You don't know what type of style you're going to get. Are you going to get a pressure fighter? Are you going to get a defensive guy? Are you going to get a guy who's moving around the ring? Or are you going to get a guy who's going to stand and trade with you? Oshaki Foster can pull all those tools out. He's going to need them all against Ray Vargas. Ray Vargas, a veteran. He's been in championship title fights before. This is for a vacant featherweight title. This is a big fight. It's in San Antonio, Texas. It's going to be a great crowd for it. I can't wait. Vargas is going to come in and throw a lot of punches. High volume type guy. He can bang like we saw with Mark Sayo. 
and he's been in there with big punches. This is a different weight class, though. Oshaggy Foster isn't the biggest puncher, but he is a bigger man than Ray Vargas. Maybe not height-wise, but weight-wise, he's more comfortable at this weight, and he's even fought higher than 130. He's fought at 135 before in his career. So this guy poses a threat to Ray Vargas, but Ray Vargas is coming in with that experience in big fights. It's going to be fun to see how it can how it plays out. Oshaki Foster starts very fast. We saw Ray Vargas get in a little trouble in his last fight against Maxeo because he didn't start fast. So that could be the key here. If Foster starts out fast like he usually does and Ray Vargas takes a little while to pick up the pace, I could see this coming down to like the 10th, 11th, and 12th rounds, the championship level uh, rounds where Vargas doesn't slow down or Shaggy Foster may slow down due to the lack of experience in these big fights. I can't wait. This one, I can't really call it. Flip a coin. I think you have to favor Vargas again, like I said, because of the experience. But Foster is on a hot, hot streak. He looks like he has all the ingredients to be a world champion. We're going to see it. This is a guy that I wanted to see get in the, get in the ring with the Oscar Valdez's of the world, the Shakur Stevenson's of the world. Of course, Shakur moved up. And now Ray Vargas is moving up, and that created this opportunity for Foster. Will Foster capitalize? Will Foster make his dreams come true against Ray Vargas, a man who's already been there, done that? This means more for Foster, but Ray Vargas can really cement his legacy with a win here tonight. Oh, excuse me, here tonight. Uh, that's how fired I, up I am. I think the fight's tonight. The fight is Saturday on Showtime. Excellent card. Triple header. You know these low-key type cards for Showtime always deliver. The co-main will feature Mario Barrios against Giovanni Santiago. This fight, I believe, is at 140. I thought Barrios was going to move up to 147 exclusively um, once he fought Keith Thurman. Maybe he realized that jump was a little too much for him. So this fight appears to be a 140. Again, with fights like this, it's not a title fight. Things could change. We'll see at the weigh-in. But as of now, they have it listed as a 140-pound fight. This should be a good one. Giovanni Santiago, I haven't seen too much of him. But I remember him against Broner. was a very competitive fight. It was a fight that Broner got a decision in. Many people thought it could have been a draw. was competitive. This guy has been in there, um, depending on how you feel about Adrian Broner, he's been in there with high-caliber opposition before. Mario Barrios coming off two big-time events where he was in the spotlight, had a great fight against Tank Davis, and then simply was outmatched in the fight against Keith Thurman, but dared to be great. Two pay-per-view main events back-to-back. -back. So Barrios has definitely had a taste of what it's like at the top of the sport. He just has to work his way back there against a guy who, just like him, is coming off back-to-back -back losses. So both of these guys will be fighting for relevancy, really, in the 140-pound division. Also, opening this card should be a banger. Heavyweight action between two kind of not well-known guys, but big-time punchers. Heavyweights, Lanier Perro, former Olympian against Victor Vickhurst, Russian dude, kind of looks like he could be a Klitschko brother, tall, rangy, with power, um, kind of robotic at times, Pero Cuban, more of a 
a slicker style, but both these guys can punch. This fight is not going the distance. These two heavyweights are looking to make an impact. Both, I believe, are 30 years old. So not old by any means, but it's time now to make an impact. What better way than to open up this card and start this fight with a vicious knockout? One of these guys will get it. Which one is going to get it? I don't know. I'm leading a little towards Pero. He has the um, Cuban background, like I mentioned earlier, and the amateur pedigree, the former Olympian. He's been in there with the higher caliber talent. Victor is just a pure puncher. This is going to be exciting. Can't wait to see these fights. Saturday on Showtime. Tune in. Boxing has really been on a roll lately as far as quality goes. Uh, we haven't been getting the huge matchups yet this year, but we're getting quality every single week. I mentioned the fights earlier that happened two weeks ago and last week. This weekend, I think, will deliver as well. And we still do have big things on the forecast. We have Caleb Plant and David Benavides, who just had a press conference recently. They're fighting in March. We have talks, not confirmed yet, but we have talks of Usyk versus Fury. We have talks of... Javante Davis versus Ryan Garcia, April 15th. We have um, Josh Taylor and Catterall rematching sometime in the future, whenever these guys can finally meet in the ring. That's going to be a good fight. Devin Haney and Lomachenko rumored to be fighting um, this fall, or this spring, rather. That's going to be a good fight. Uh, Shakur Stevenson is fighting this April. He's matched up with a solid opponent in Yoshino. That is... Should be a decent fight. Deontay Wilder, Andy Ruiz, another fight that is just waiting to be announced. That is going to be a box office attraction. Um, Dimitri Bevel against Canelo later in the year. We already know that is going to do big business. There are plenty of fights being made. Don't worry about what we're not getting. Worry about things that we're going to get. February 25th, we have an excellent 140-pound matchup for a championship. With Subriel Matias against uh, Hermias Ponce. That is going to be a banger. Matias 18-1, 18 KOs. Ponce 30-0, 20 KOs. Something has to give there. Who's going to pick up a strap at 140? One of these guys are going to emerge. That is going to be a fun one. March 4th at Featherweight. We have Brandon Figueroa against Mark Magseo. That is going to be all action. March 12th, Tim Zhu against Tony Harrison. They're fighting for the interim title to see who fights Jermel Charlo for Undisputed. That is going to be exciting. That's in Australia. Tony Harrison making the trip to Tim Zhu's country, willing to do anything to get back in the ring with Charlo for the trilogy. That's going to be high stakes. That's going to be a fun one. We also have March 25th. I already mentioned that. David Benavides and Caleb Plant. And then April 1st, Anthony Joshua versus Jermaine Franklin. And then April 8th, Jesse Bam Rodriguez against Christian Gonzalez. April 15th is going to be a war. Joe Joyce versus Big Bang, Zaylee Zhang at heavyweight. <laughs> this needs to be rated M for mature. It's going to be extremely violent. Put the kids to sleep. Tell your wife to get out of the room. It's going to get gruesome in that ring. That is going to be fireworks. Plenty on the schedule that is confirmed and plenty of things that are borderline about to be confirmed. So many things to be excited about in this sport. 
Um, we can talk negatively all we want about Crawford and Spence and stuff like that. I refuse to live like that. I like to look at the things we are getting and celebrate that. Because if you spend all your time complaining about what we're not getting, you're going to miss these fantastic fights. And it's on every network. Showtime, ESPN, Fox, DAZN. They're all delivering. Yeah, we're not going to like every single fight. But the majority of these events have been delivering. Pay attention and you'll agree. That's all I got for you guys this week. Stay tuned. Probably going to have a wrestling podcast pretty soon. Going to have a fallout of what goes on in these fights that I just mentioned. And you heard the schedule. Plenty of boxing on the way. I will be here to break it all down. Give me that five-star review. Tell a friend to tell a friend. I'm out.